everybody, I'm Dr. Deb, and welcome to another episode of PTSD and Beyond. Welcome to the PTSD and Beyond podcast, where we give you insights into post-traumatic stress, trauma recovery, healing, and beyond. I'm Dr. Deb Lind, and in each episode, I have a conversation with a guest who will stimulate your mind, touch your heart, and connect with your spirit, and also give you a greater understanding of yourself and others on this healing and recovery journey walked by so many of us before, wounded healers with lived experience and heroes. Hopefully, we'll also provide a glimpse into possibilities and purpose, hope, and inspiration. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. One last thing, guys, before we dive into today's episode, if you'd like an ad-free experience and like early access to new episodes and special events, I want to let you know you can join us at patreon.com. That is patreon.com forward slash PTSD and beyond. All right, let's do it. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Deb here with PTSD and beyond. Have you ever thought about why certain odors and smells affect us a certain way? Have you ever thought like (laughs) you smell something and you're like, I feel like I just got a really big hug. Wow, that was really comforting. I made a pumpkin pie the other day and the aromas within my home felt very comforting. At the same time, have you ever smelled something and you're like, oh my gosh, what is that? What is that? (laughs) I will admit that there are certain aromas and some aromas where people have said, yeah, you know what? I know it tastes good, but I can't handle the way it smells. Yes, there are certain aromas that affect our mind, our body, the way that we react to certain things, as well as our energy state and our emotional state. Today's guest is an aromatherapist and an herbalist, and she's going to talk with us about the difference between aromatherapy and essential oils. See, if you think about the word aromatherapy, it's a compound word. We have aroma and then we have therapy, and aromatherapy is basically the therapeutic benefits of aromas. And essential oils is part of aromatherapy because um, they derived from plants as well as flowering plants, uh, non-aroma plants, and are made into uh, essential oils that are used for the purpose of aromatherapy. She also um, teaches classes both online as well as face-to-face in aromatherapy. Uh, She has many different classes on her website, and she hails from um, sharing her own lived experience on why she got into becoming an aromatherapist. Her her background was in corporate market research, and she shares her personal story about how aromatherapy found her. It's a really exciting story. She, she also talks a little bit about the things that she does to prepare and why it's so important with identifying smells that really resonate with a person. And specifically, she also shares three different aromas to help with anxiety, depression, and symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Today's guest is aromatherapist and herbalist 
Farmer Market Researcher Amy Anthony. I hope you really liked today's session. Always remember to take what resonates and go beyond and make sure that you subscribe and like and give us a five-star rating. I mean, we're really blown away that we're in the top 1,000 of podcasts around the world, and we're so grateful that you're here today. All right, guys, let's do it. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Deb here with PTSD and Beyond. Of course, I'm so excited with all the people that come on today and that generate just great conversation, good thought, stimulation also after the podcast, right? Because we're about the go beyond, right? It's our present moment together today. And then what do we do once the podcast is over? Luckily, you get to go back and review it whenever you want. Our guest, hopefully, you know, keeps coming back on. And I want to just say one thing about today's guest. They have so much information about aromatherapy. And aromatherapy isn't just essential oils. And we want to have her talk to us about that. Today's guest is Amy Anthony, herbalist, aromatherapist, and I just want to say amazing guru of plants and herbs and beyond. So Amy, thanks so much for coming on today. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, <laughs> seriously, reading about your bio, I'm like, oh my gosh, this person, she's like, she, I could just see you, you know, like in the Harry Potter-esque, you know, <laughs> world of your all your herbs and your bottles and the concoctions and the chemistry yeah. and your books and I can just see you just jamming there going okay what is this plant all right what's its properties what's its energy properties you know okay it's not aromatherapy based it's a non-aromathy you know aroma plant and it has these qualities and this is what the client needs so talk with us a little bit about yourself and what you do and let's just jam right into it Sure. Uh, first, of course, thank you for having me. It's been really nice getting to know you. And it's really great to share this information and spread aromatherapy awareness. That's part of my journey. Um, but I don't, I hate talking about myself, but I'll give you the elevator speech of um, my journey into aromatherapy. So I've been a plant person since I was a kid. Pictures of me. Uh, my mom has of me gardening when I was little, weeding, a lot of weeding, much weeding. And um, I found, I moved to New York City. Let's just fast forward to that. Uh, and I went to college, as many of us do. And I was studying business and I found market research. And that's great. It clicked. I love statistics, love this stuff. Great. And I found a great career in that, but I always felt something was missing and I knew it. And I wanted to study herbalism as well when I was going to college. And I got a great job. I was in the market research field and I was empty. I was always trying to find a way to be with plants. And I knew there was that hole. And lo and behold, I have an incredibly supportive spouse. Um, and I quit my job. I was at a big bank at the time doing client satisfaction focused research. And um, I aromatherapy found me. Uh, I, I think it was eucalyptus in my humidifier. I found it like, who are you? And I'm curious. I'm like, I need to know about you. Oh my gosh. And once you find aromatherapy, you're sucked in, you never turn back. Everyone I find that's in this, it's the same thing. So I was obsessed. I bought books. Um, I wanted to become certified and I did. And lo and behold, 10 minutes away from me was the New York Institute of Aromatherapy. And I got two certifications and I was asked to teach. And that just fell it, like the universe was knocking on my door saying, keep doing this, pay attention. I'm here. We're giving this to you. And for your audience, I want to share that I was lost 
but I needed to be in New York City for whatever reason. And nature found me. Essential oils found me, and they're a way to connect with nature. And that is part of my message. So that's that. uh, that's kind of the elevator speech. We're finding that in our community too, that people are saying, I want to get away from technology. I want to get away from, they know what they want to get away from as well as they know what they want to connect with. And nature is one of the things um, that people are saying they're spending more time with. It doesn't even matter if it's raining or, you know, here in Minnesota right now, we have a lot of snow. I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were saying, we don't have any snow yet. And I said, oh, we've got a lot. I mean, everything's just booming. And even though it's cold, I'll tell you what, the sun was so beautiful yesterday and you couldn't not want to be outside with, you know, the crystals of the snow just shining and the warmth of the sun, even though it was really cold, you can still appreciate nature no matter where you're at. And one of the things that I hear you saying also is things find us when, when, (laughs) when we are to do something, it'll continuously come to us like, hello, can you pay (laughs) attention to me? I'm right here. So it sounds like for you, Amy, that aromatherapy kept coming. And I mean, being 10 minutes away from yeah. an institute, really from an institute. I mean, yeah. there's no in coincidence journey, again. I was searching for certification, like uh, California, North Carolina. And then it was like, what? You're kidding me. Her school opened like three months before when I started looking, it was like, it was a new school. So it was like the perfect timing. I wow. think I was her second certification uh, class level one. But I wanted to share like um, on this path, we're talking about like the full moon last night, we were chatting before, like when I was, um, I had this gorgeous vegan dinner last night with a saffron drink that my friend and I, it's like, uh, it was just, we both were like in heaven. I told the waiter, like, I love you. This was so (laughs) plant-based goodness. It like, uh, but the full moon. And I was walking home and I was noticing the stillness and the gorgeousness and the atmosphere and being with by you, by the snow. And you were seeing the same moon, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's beautiful. What more do you need at that moment in time? Mm -hmm. I know it was really cool because yesterday what I did was I was tracking Mars because I, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, I'm the one who's saying, guys, you really need to go out and look at this because we're never going to see this. In our lifetime, the next time it happens, most of us are not going to be here along with our kids, right? It's going to be that many years in the future. And so the way that the closeness that Mars was to the moon, and then they lined up, it was so amazing that you go outside and I kept watching Mars move, move, move. I mean, obviously it's earth that's moving and watching how close they got. It was like they were kissing one another. And then all of a sudden the moon was like a blanket over Mars and it was so cool. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm out here. I was out. Actually, you know what? My neighbors must think I'm crazy, Amy, because I'm out there in my pajamas with my (laughs) slippers on and there's fresh snow. And I'm like, I don't care. This is cool. And I'm talking away, taking pictures, but yes, those moments of appreciation of the things that are gifts that are given to us every day. And one of those things our plants. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they so, are there and they, they show up. I have a, a really, someone I really respect, Claire Light. I say her name, Liker, Leisher of Phoebe Aromatics based in Sedona, Arizona. 
I loved when I heard her say, plants show up, they're there when you need them. And they're finding you, just like we're saying how aromatherapy found me and I had to pay attention and answer the universe. Um, They are there and they're willing to be and help you. And they can help in many ways with aromatherapy. So the therapeutic application of genuine and authentic essential oils aromatherapy. We're not working with synthetics. We're not working with fragrance oils. We are working with genuine botanicals obtained through steam or water hydro distillation. And that's a key component of what aromatherapy is. is Can you talk with us about aromatherapy is more than just essential oils. And I liked how you gave a brief description just now of how um, essential oils are created. So can you share mm-hmm. with our audience about, okay, what exactly is aromatherapy and um, how do essential oils play a part in uh, aromatherapy? So this this is like a tricky like way to describe this because aromatherapy by definition is working with essential oils and applying them and really harnessing their therapeutic value. So the, and this is, we could have a whole class on this, right? We could have multiple certifications. So we work with the essential oils and we work with the carrier oils. So like almond oil, I make my own face oil. So cranberry seed oil, blueberry seed oil, coconut oil, and there's nourishment in that. But aromatherapy, to answer your question, we live an aromatic lifestyle. And that's not about like inundating yourself with product. It's like what you and I were just talking about of appreciating nature. Yeah. So to appreciate the concentrated beauty of these oils. Like it takes about 350 pounds of flowering lavender tops to get about a pound of oil. Oh, wow. That's just lavender. Ginger is probably like 90 kilograms of fresh root to get a kilogram of oil. I always go between pounds and kilograms because a lot of stuff is based in Europe, a lot of uh, aromatherapy stuff, but I digress. Aromatic lifestyle is going out into nature, appreciating the plant for who it is. That's a living being that Mm. creates these secondary metabolites. They're called these things like the essential oils or um, the flavonoids, the carotenoids, all that stuff that enhances our lives. Yeah. And then aromatic lifestyle is cooking with aromatic herbs, you know, like add that X, that fresh thyme into your stew uh, eat a lot of parsley because it's right. amazing for you. Drink herbal teas. Like it's about loving nature and appreciating it and respecting that it takes so much to create an essential oil, plant material, the life of a plant. Um, like I like this for shock value. Sandalwood is very precious. It's incredibly regulated now by the Indian government because it's been over harvested but it you need to chop down if like a 40-year-old sandalwood tree and grind it up to obtain the oil. Oh wow. And I have uh for like working with post-traumatic stress disorder and um just mental well-being and working towards equilibrium and uh like cedar I'm yeah. holding up here Juniperus virginiana which is cedar wood as we call here in the United States this right. is from North America very stabilizing and centering and sacred actually to many parts, uh, uh, Indian tribes here. Um, you need to chop that tree down and grind it up and take its heartwood and distill the wood. Mm. Uh, so there's, 
I'm just, I'm telling you a lot of information here, so I'm going to pause. I think it's wonderful that you are sharing information. Um, I want to clarify something because, and mm-hmm. I say it's wonderful because PTSD and beyond, whether it's the podcast or our, our chat community is education-based. And we had a conversation just before recording about the validity of information and what does that mean? It means reputable sources. What does that mean? It means that the people that we have on as guests, as well as the work that they do and we do, um, you know, are are guided by ethical practices. Like I'm an mm-hmm. APA member. I love when I get to check the box. Yes, I'm in good standing. Yes, I do, you know, sound research. Yes, we still use the IRB, even though we're not doing formal studies. Yes, 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 and yes. There's a term that you used, and I want to circle back, carrier oil. What is a carrier mm. oil? Uh, it's the, so it, essential oils in aromatherapy are the volatile oils that we obtain through steam distillation of aromatic right. plants. And then there's the fixed oil, aka carrier oil, that we will work with to apply essential oils to the body because essential oils are so concentrated uh, they can start to harm your skin, right? So we work with the carrier or nut and seed slash vegetable oil to apply. So if I was working with someone and we made a topical product for them because that suited their needs, yep, I would blend essential oils at one to 2% of the overall formula. Maybe it's a one ounce bottle. I'd be putting 30 drops of essential oil in. And then the rest of that might be sunflower oil, sesame. Um, There's so many nut and seed oils, by the way. I wrote an article for Mother Earth Living on the carrier or nut and seed oils. FYI, it gets into the gorgeousness of that. Um, It's important. And they're nourishing for you. We need to eat those vegetable oils for our cellular health, right? And then when we apply them topically, we're getting that gorgeous. It's like, I make my own face oil and it's, it's lovely. (laughs) I like rosehip oil. Actually, I've been using rosehip oil for many years, um, on my face. And then I, I, I mean, again, I'm a Greek American, so olive oil. I had somebody ask, um, (laughs) I was over on the East coast. (laughs) I was teaching somebody how to make spinach pie and I was looking for specific oil. And I was in a, you know, um, grocery store that I thought I could get Kalamata olive oil. And the person, mm. actually, the owner actually said, I didn't know there was Kalamata olive oil. And I'm looking at him like, are you serious? I'm like, no, nah, I can't. He's like, well, I've got this. One. I'm like, no, no, no. So anyway, I had to go someplace else. But the point is that a carrier oil is a oil that um, then has the essential oils in it. So that way the person can use the essential oil topically without having any sensitivity. And then also there's safety. And then there's also um, properties of the carrier oil, whether it's jojoba oil or rosehip or safflower um, or another type of oil. Yeah. So your aromatherapist that you work with should have an understanding of the carrier oils as well. You know, Uh, let's talk about that. How do we find somebody? I know we're jumping ahead here. But how um, how does someone find an aromatherapist locally? I know that you do classes, which is really great, along with individual consultations. So people can actually, you know, come and talk with you. And 
if somebody was to approach you and say, hey, you know what, I want to work with an aromatherapist, I want to work with someone who's got a background in herbalism, what are some things that maybe somebody should think about before contacting you and saying, can you help me with whether it's my anxiety Mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm not clinically diagnosed, but I have these symptoms of, you know, post-traumatic stress, uh, depression, what are some things that people can ask themselves to prepare for asking and reaching out to yourself? Well, the beauty of this is that I'm going to flip your question on this head to say what, like, you know, you have a need as a potential client and you are living your life. You're like, I I have anxiety. I want help with that. And uh, essential oils, I'm curious. So maybe you want to learn a little more before you find an aromatherapist. And I suggest, I highly suggest going to the Alliance of International Aromatherapists website. I'm by, by the way, the New York state representative currently for the AIA. It's a volunteer position. Um, on there, you can find an aromatherapist. There's information on what is an essential oil. There's a lot of great information in a place like the AIA schools that want to have a, a good reputation. They get registered with the AIA because the AIA has a board of directors. They set educational standards. There's the certification process. So if you go to an aromatherapist that is registered with the AIA, you know, they meet certain standards, right? Correct. You could also go to the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy, naha.org. It's a similar organization. Uh, You could go to their website, find out about aromatherapy, lots of great information, and you can find an aromatherapist. Again, they have standards, ethics, guidelines that the aromatherapist, they qualify. Right. And you just can't register. You have to prove like, here's my certification through this school. Right. Um, Because you can get, you could call yourself an aromatherapist and not be certified. Right. Right. It's like yoga. Mm. So I'm encouraging your listeners to find a local practitioner. Well, I see people by referral only and in person. And I love, I'd be open to a um, digital remote, but it's really beneficial to find someone by you so you could be ideally one-on-one in person because you want to be with someone that could present oils to you to help you. And the oils are so personal because what if I say, I know Roman chamomile is amazing for anger and working with like, I'll say post-traumatic stress disorder, like with just wounds you, you might want to, you're working with Mm. and you, what if you hate the smell, right? You're not, you might actually, that might trigger something. Maybe you've had a past experience because scent involves memory. So right. You need an aromatherapist that's aware of this and just won't be like, oh, here's this, this works for this. Like that's, that's not what you want. Right. Correct. That is such a key piece of information to share because that is a very common frustration that we hear from people that will say, okay, I was told that, you know, this works for, but, and especially in aromatherapy too, let's just call it out. How many times, I'll tell you what, how many times have I heard, I don't like peppermint? Please don't give me peppermint to help me with calming down as well as stimulating the cognitive function so I can think. And how many times is, and I've seen this in schools where they're allowing kids to chew peppermint gum 
and also mm. have the little um, cotton balls with peppermint oil while they're taking tests. Kids okay. can actually become nauseous by smelling too much peppermint. And yeah. I have a kid who can't stand peppermint. And um, I was uh, in a meeting a couple weeks ago and someone gave me this uh, patch and I was like, I don't like to smell peppermint. Not at that. Um, it was like, you know, you open it up and it was like this big cloud of peppermint. So mm. I, I appreciate you saying this because a practitioner is has the understanding of the clusters, right? The clusters of the effectiveness, as well as looking at to balance the individual who's in front of them seeking assistance, because that's where our journey becomes personalized. Yes, we learn from one another. And yes, we learn from the studies. And yes, we learn from all this information. And we take in consideration who's in front of me. What are Mm -hmm. the things that, that resonate with them? And what are things that are offsetting or could be potentially reactive? You know, let's transition our thought bridging to aromas and homes. I don't think we actually talk enough about aroma in our home is one place where we can actually surround ourselves with comforting aromas. Mm Mm-hmm. It's as long as they're ideally coming from good, beautiful things that aren't synthetic. Right. Uh, I don't know if we want to put the turn the conversation down this road, but when I wrote my paper for my certification, my second certification, it was focused on the cleaning products industry and the effectiveness of essential oils for their disinfecting. I don't like that term for their antimicrobial purposes. And their cleaning purposes are very solvent-like, many of them, because they're terpenes. They're based on terpenes. But clean has no smell. We thrive when we're in an environment that is free of synthetic candles, synthetics in our detergents, uh, in our cleaning products. So we're surrounded by these things. And if I'm pausing because... Have you ever been into a place that's just so filled with synthetics and you get stuffy? Yeah, there's like some candle stores that I think they literally have a blower that blow oh. out. I can't do that. Or when you, <laughs> I just can't. But it's bad. So if you, I'm just, uh, for your listeners, it's like, uh, please think about how you're surrounding yourselves. And like when you and I were talking earlier, how in, surround yourself with gorgeousness, like you're saying. Put a pot, make yourself a nice nourishing soup with herbs mm-hmm. and let that permeate your house right? Uh, or living space or make a nice tea. I'm making chai tea today for my community that I, I volunteer at a soup kitchen. I'm making a chai tea and that you smell it. It might make you feel great just because you're like, that smells amazing. Mm-hmm. That's aromatherapy. Right. Correct. So maybe somebody at this time of the year. A comfort aroma is the scent of sugar cookies baking in the oven. And instead of purchasing a synthetic candle that mimics that aroma, right? When we make, okay, we can even, I mean, Amy, we could actually take our episode and talk about the mindfulness practice, right? Of seriously, when I teach mindful eating, go ahead. Yeah. 
No, because I was like shuddering when I'm just thinking about like the, the candles that are scented with the synthetics and like go get yourself vanilla beans. They're a little pricey, but you could appreciate a vanilla smell because that's sugar cookie, right? Right, correct. It's generally, a lot of people that, um, I'm sorry, baking is focused around sugar. You can't smell sugar. It's it's the egg, right? But it's the lemon zest, right? The orange zest. The um the vanilla. Yeah. So you can go in and invest some money in that and really parse it up and make a little stovetop pot and exactly. put a little of that in, let it perfume your home. So yep. we could do that very mindfully to tie into what you're saying. Absolutely. So people that are attracted to, you know, the aroma of sugar cookies, the base of it is, you know, the butter and the yep. vanilla. You could actually they could actually go out and um get the ingredients, right? The vanilla, the pure vanilla extract or vanilla bean and make their yeah. own cookies. And I find when uh, when we're cooking in our home, the aromas that are comforting, it's like you walk around the house and it lingers. So it's mm -hmm. like this, I don't wanna say a wind, but it's an air, an air, right? An aromatic hug that provides yeah. comfort. And and while we're smelling it, because one of the things too I wanted us to touch base on is the difference between an aromatic and something that's um, diffused, and we're still immersing ourselves in the air and the space of our home with that wonderful aromatic hug, which provides mm -hmm. comfort, which then can have an effect on nervous system, anxiety, depression. You could use yeah. things that are citrus-based. So yep. talking about herbal tea, we could have something that has, um, you know, orange oil, orange zest. I, I love um, adapting recipes. As a Greek-American, we typically cook with um, lemon and orange. And I've taken this cookie that is um, one that took me many, many years to make that my yaya did not write the recipe down. So, I mean, it uh. literally was like 17 years, I think it was. And I finally nailed it, like just by the smell, right? Nice. Um, and, I, and there are people that um, I care about that prefer to have it orange-based. So I've adapted and, you know, made the recipes with orange zest. And when you squeeze that orange and it's in your hand, mm -hmm. those oils go on your hands too. I mean, everything yes. that you touch whether you're chopping flat leaf parsley or you're actually taking the stem of thyme and you're pulling it off, yep. there is a practice of mindfulness that is so deep that enriches us at such deeper, deeper, deeper and deeper levels, if I can quote Dr. Larry Ward, um, that I think when we pause and we see the value of plants, the, the value of oils, the value of aromas. And these are things that already surround us mm -hmm. and they can nurture us and help us like plants. Yes. And you want the, the good genuine aromas. So not those synthetics. Like you're saying, when you're talking about the time, I'm imagining myself when I prepare time and that enjoyment. And you know what I love? Every Thursday, I'm at St. George's and I, I make a side infusion of herbs to then put in the soup so I can kind of strain things out like bay leaf and stuff like that. Right. And it is heaven 
to lift up that lid off my infusion pot and just smell. And I asked, I'm like, come over here, guys, smell. I asked the other volunteers and like my, I, my face lights up, like it's just happiness. Mm-hmm. And that that's the emotional response. Just think of you're getting this, these aromatic molecules into your blood system. They go into your body. You're inhaling them. So they work on this level of memory recall, emotion, like I like that that smells good. So that changes your neurochemistry, but also the molecules themselves from the plants are getting inside of you and they work with our neuroendocrine system. Mm -hmm. So it's this really deep thing that's quote, just smelling, (laughs) but it is so layered like this gorgeous chocolate vanilla layer cake. Oh my gosh. Uh, with coffee, because coffee is aromatic too. There's, you know, it's oily. Yes. Um, but anyway, it's like, but see, I was just describing making an infusion to put in soup and it brings me joy. And I'm going to toot my own horn. I was, I was asked last week by a guest. Uh, he's like, Amy, are you going to write a cookbook about your soups? And all I do is I put care and thought and use fresh ingredients. That's what I do. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing that cookbook <laughs> and we can have well, another, we can have another episode where we talk about the aromatics of cooking and then, you know, help uh, get your cookbook out there. You know, what yeah. do we, what do we, so when we're, what do we, how, how can we help now? I like to cook. Okay. So my question is not for the person who likes to cook, being in the kitchen and cooking. That's my happy place. It really is. Uh, I enjoy it. I can't, my papu was a chef. You know, I come by it naturally. How do we help people that are rolling their eyes going, oh my gosh, I don't want to cook or yeah, you know what? I can't see myself going down the aisles at my local co-op or Whole Foods to pick out some essential oils because, you know, there are people in our community that are like, I want to do this and I have these apprehensions of doing it. How do we help people take that next step? Because I will say one of the parts about go beyond is taking action. At some point we become oversaturated with information. It's like, all right, yeah. what are we going to do now? Yeah, so that's the, there's the, take theory, the, next step? the theory and the practice of life, right? Uh, right? Something I struggle with, like my mindfulness meditation practice. I think about it, but <laughs> no, I'm really bad at the practice. <laughs> But there's those moments like we're talking about with pausing, cooking, moon, like gazing at the moon. Honestly, um, essential oils don't belong in everybody's life. That's why you can work with an aromatherapist and you can find someone to make a product specifically for you. Um, but I, you know, one thing I just love, like you described, go to your supermarket and get a lemon. And when you're peeling it, just appreciate that. And you see the pss, pss, pss coming out. Those are the oils coming out of that rind. The, the mm. oils of in the citruses are in the rind. And appreciate that. And that's a start. I really think it is by, even if you don't like cooking, maybe you'll go to a restaurant and say, hey, could you give me lemon with, with my water? Right. And then you might pick up that little wedge and you might break the peel off and you might twist it. Right. And then run that around the rim of your glass and smell it and smell your fingers. And the thing that I really want to share is before you do that, just take a pause and be like, all right, how do I feel right now? 
All right, just check in. Am I agitated, feeling happy, sad, whatever? Okay, noted. Do the aromatic exercise, 10 seconds. Smell, notice what happens, and then be like, did anything happen? Right. And I'm I'm gonna bet you that it did because I have I have to share this by the way, because essential oils are so concentrated in these bottles we buy. One drop, trust me, I've seen this in practice with myself when I write about plants, when I'm studying them in workshops. I have a workshop this afternoon at one o'clock. One drop on a cotton pad like in your bathroom or from the bottle, but liberate the oil. It's better. So all the molecules can do their thing. Smell that for one minute to three minutes, calmly, normal breathing and see what happens. That's, and that's with the essential oil. You could try the lemon peel, but honestly, if you have that dreaded peppermint, try to find a one you're like, okay, I'm going to sit with one drop of peppermint oil. But if you hate it, don't work with that. Find something else. And uh, you will notice a shift, I could guarantee you, because you're breathing those molecules in. What are some oils specifically that that um, people can go ahead and, and you know, while they're there, maybe we talked about, you know, the citrus-based, um, mm-hmm. you know, lemon and orange. But if they're looking at oil specifically, and I'm not talking about blends, um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, a person would have to read the bottle to see, you know, like what are the, what are the oils within the blend? What are some key, you know, maybe three oils that people can go take a look at that are, uh, are helpful that we know that are helpful for, um, sleep would be one that's common with people that'll say, you know what, I have a really hard time sleeping mm-hmm. or anxiety, um, are also uplifting for, um, you know, depression. So there's there's a big aromatic cast of characters to work with, but one that I, I know through in my teaching and hearing from people that work that are psychiatrists and work clinically, vetiver yes. is uh, oil often worked with in perfumery. It might be familiar, familiar to some people. It's from the root of a grass and it is incredibly like a root, stabilizing, calming. It's energetically cooling. It is very beneficial for working with post-traumatic stress disorder uh, clinically. And it's also a bit sedative on the nervous system. So it's it cools and like, like holds you as you come down to sink in and settle in. Um, lavender is a classic. There's so much research on it. There's even tabs available for oral ingestion, which, you know, that's an interesting topic, but that's metered out and measured. Lavender is classic, but remember for sleep, you could put, you can diffuse before sleep, but don't diffuse during sleep, diffuse 10 minutes before sleep, 30 minutes before sleep, prepare your mind and body. Yeah. And you just need 10 minutes with the diffuser. You should be, should not be diffusing for 60 minutes. You get those molecules going. Lavender could be nice. Uh, chamomile. We've all heard it, but chamomile, that Roman chamomile I was right. sharing. Yes. Very sedative to the nervous system. Incredible working with anger. If you can imagine and picture a screaming child with its face red, that's when you want Roman chamomile. Um, Anxiety. This is personal work. And I know from other people and there's research, rose geranium. And mind you, I don't care if I'm talking about a floral scent. Plants are for everybody. Scent does not have a gender. It's gender neutral. Yep. Rose geranium 
is incredibly balancing. It's like, and many oils are modulating in that way. So yeah. rose geranium, you can smell a drop um, when you're feeling anxious and you, you would just get, yeah, you could modulate rose geranium yep. is incredibly balancing for mood skin as well for topical application. Um, I mean, there's, there's a whole cast of characters to go for it. It's like, when, if you want to feel a little pep, always go to a citrus because it's, they're familiar, they're right. friends, people know citrus. Um, I like your descriptions, cast of characters and familiar friends. Yeah. It's a really nice way to describe uh, what, you know, is already provided by nature to us that um, I don't want to say it's a lost practice with the um, push of pharmaceuticals, the natural mm. way. And that when I say natural things that our ancestors had available to them and used, um, I'm happy to see that people are opening and, you know, their minds and questioning and saying, okay, listen, I don't want that. That's actually what I did. I was like, wait a second. We got over a hundred years of research and this is what you want to get. No, absolutely not. What about asking me about my diet? How are we not asking me any of those questions? You yeah. know, and then I got deer in the headlights <laughs> for my doctor. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Thanks, but no, you know, and, um, and then when people are, you know, have actually said, I, I tried these things or, you know, they now are becoming um, advocates for and going back to school and reading and learning about aromatherapy, about acupressure, you know, mm -hmm. different modalities that have helped them that are non-pharmaceutical based that, that have always been with us. Yeah. And I like this re, it's almost like a phoenix, right? As, as we transcend as human beings, we're also transcending with rediscovering who we've always been, rediscovering that plants are our friends. I'm not talking about poison ivy, okay? I'm talking about whether we want to have a spider plant in our house to help with the quality of mm -hmm. air. And um, somebody gave me a spider plant and it just started taking root. So I need to go plant it now. Oh, uh, good. Yes. And so I have, um, talking about plants, um, I do think that plants are our friends. And you mentioned too, also on your website about you have classes that you teach on aromatherapy as well as some pantry staples, which are some things you've already shared with us today. So to recap here a little bit, we understand now about what aromatherapy is, a little bit about essential oils, carrier oils, some familiar friends and cast of characters that <laughs> can provide us comfort when we need it, simple things that we can do, and also ways to say, hey, when am I going to take a pause on that? Is that an actual natural scent or is it mm -hmm. something that was chemically created? Yeah, I think I'll pass on that one. And we're going to go yes, for please. the natural. Yes, right. <laughs> so to go with the go beyond here, what are some things that can help people go beyond um, and their development and their mental health and their overall care. What are some, maybe three last tidbits while we close out on our session together today? I think we touched upon thing. I'll reiterate something. And I do want to give a book, a shout out that I won't shut up about, but just getting outside. And like you're saying, we're, we're reconnecting. I think we've disconnected from nature so much that we've built our suburbs and our cities. And we didn't know we were so disconnected. And luckily, aromatherapy was like hitting me up alongside the head 
uh, saying, pay attention, Amy. Um, so getting outside, looking up at the stars, uh, finding that little green patch to, to really just pause, take a breath and notice. And that we know there's a research out there that shows people that walk in green spaces have uh, better blood pressure, lower blood pressure, et cetera, um, versus Forest walking. bathing. Forest bathing. Yeah. Um, but star bathing, uh, whatever. Star bathing. <laughs> yeah. In Go your pajamas, right? Yeah. We're watching Mars. I mean, please. Okay. Um, this is like, we're saying it's not about going and buying essential oils. It is about maybe when you're out getting a cup of chamomile tea instead of uh, black tea or green tea, which is fine. Um, and like last night, I mentioned I had the saffron drink with other botanicals that I swear it was just heaven. I posted it on my Instagram story last night. Like, this is amazing. But um, incorporating real herbs into your life, think of it as like flavoring. And they add antioxidant um, plus so many other beautiful things to your cells to help right. your vitality. Because yeah. that's what we're talking about here is having a vital life. No matter where you are, right. you can always have a sense of vitality. Uh, I don't, I have to say the book, right? Um, I had a class on this, I, uh, and I have a podcast episode about nature connection and aromatherapy. In this book, I'm telling everyone about it. Uh, the Well-Gardened Mind, The Restorative Power of Nature by Sue Stewart-Smith. Uh, she's based in London, but it's a whole book about the therapy of nature, including in hospitals, post-traumatic stress disorder, war veterans uh, with PTSD, uh, incarceration. And the, of course, aroma aromatics come up. And there's a, a part where she talks about a guy who connects with the eucalyptus tree. And there's beautiful things to be said uh, in this book. And I highly recommend it. And I don't get compensated for any of this. I'm just like, I am passionate about this. We'll have to um, check it out. Maybe she'll be I, a guest. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, I I don't think she knows how much I love her. I've never contacted her. <laughs> <laughs> like it's. I read this book in two days. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but listen to my, if you can, my, my podcast, I have a podcast, Essential Aromatica. Uh, I have a recent episode, but that that's what I have to share is like taking those pauses and smell, smell your food, smell, smell your food, your beverage. Take, take the pauses, smell your food, smell your beverages. And if people want to connect with you, how can they find you, Amy? Thank you. Um, so Essential Aromatica, the podcast is one way. I'm small. Uh, I do this for because I love it. My website, Essential Arom um, NYC Aromatica. Uh, I have lots of articles, free and pay what you wish classes on just getting a little deeper into uh, um, aromatherapy and understanding. Uh, you can find me there. Find me on Instagram. I'm always putting plant stuff up. That's awesome. And for folks that are listening, we will have Amy's information listed in the summary notes, uh, along with live hyperlinks to go ahead and connect with her. And when you do, let her know that you heard her on PTSD and beyond. But Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really great. Thank you. It's I I love this and your your work is amazing. Oh, Thanks thank you so you much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Guys, this is Dr. Dead with PTSD and Beyond. Remember, re-listen to the episode, take your notes, connect with Amy, take what resonates, and go beyond. <laughs>